Hello, word nerds. Welcome to another super duper episode of the dictionary. Uh, this is my podcast. You should have known that. You should know that. If you're new, now you know it. Uh, okay, so the first word in this episode is cotangent. It is spelled C-O-T-A-N-G-E-N-T. Noun from 1635. One. Oh, this this goes back to uh, where we had cosine and co... What did we have? Cos- yeah, cosecant. Cosecant, cosine. And uh, this is the, I think, the next one in the list. Okay, so it is a trigonometric function that for an acute angle is the ratio between the leg adjacent to the angle when it is considered part of a right triangle and the leg opposite. And I still don't remember any of this. Two, a trigonometric function, cot, zero, I'm just calling it a zero, uh, that is C-O-T, zero, that is equal to the cosine divided by the sine, S-I-N-E, for all real numbers, symbol zero thing, for which the sine is not equal to zero and is exactly equal to the cotangent of an angle of measure zero in radians. And I have a pretty good feeling that that symbol is not zero, and so maybe I will go look it up and I'll put it in the show notes, and maybe I will have done that for the episode for cosine as well. Uh, Yeah, so that's that. It's still confusing to me. And uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it's from uh, New Latin co plus tangens, which means tangent. It's So it's related to tangent. Oh, uh, the sound effect is uh, harumph. Next word is coat or cot, C-O-T-E. First form, noun from before the 12th century. Number one is an English dialect, and it is the number one definition for the first form of the word cot, C-O-T, which is a small house. Number two, a shed or coop, for small domestic animals, and especially pigeons. The pigeons live in a coat. I always thought it was a coop, but it could also be called a coat. Yeah, shed or coop. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a small a small house for uh, domestic animals, also often pigeons. Harumph. Next word is the second form of coat. Transitive verb from 1555. It is obsolete, so you can't use it, and it means to pass by. Hmm. Uh, it's from the Middle French cotoyer, and uh, I don't know what that means. It doesn't say, but maybe it has something to do with passing. Harumph. Next word is... Coterie, coterie, or, let's see, you can emphasize the first syllable, coterie, or the last syllable, coterie, C-O-T-E-R-I-E, noun from 1738, an intimate and often exclusive group of persons 
with a unifying common interest or purpose. Uh, yeah, so it's basically a group of people feel uh, similarly about something, but they don't want other people to join them. Why? Why not? Uh, this is from Middle French, or it is a Middle French word that means tenants. Tenants. Uh, from Old French, cotier, which means cotter, of Germanic origin, akin to the Old English word cot, cot which means hut. So it's uh, tenants in a hut. I'm just, I'm just putting all this together. Tenants in a hut, uh, hanging out, talking about something that they are interested in, and they won't let anybody in. It's an, an exclusive club. Coterie. Next word, harumph It is coterminous. Adjective from 1799. One, having the same or coincident boundaries. Having the same or coincident boundaries. As in, a voting district coterminous with the city. And terminus, it's like the end of a, end of a thing. Uh, yes, the end of the district. They, the dis, voting district coterminous with the city. So the district and the city, maybe they have the same border. Two, coextensive in scope or duration, as in the quote, an experience of life coterminous with the years of his father. That is a quote from Elizabeth Hardwick. Coterminously is an adverb. Harumph. Next is cothurnus. Cothurnus. C-O-T-H-U-R-N-U-S. Cothurnus. Noun from 1606. One. A high, thick-soled laced boot worn by actors in Greek and Roman tragic drama, called also Cothern. Cothern. There's a dot after the C-O, and I don't know if that is how they would spell it or if they're just showing that to me for some reason. I don't know. But it's a boot. It's a boot time. Number two. The dignified, somewhat stilted style of ancient tragedy. Huh. So these these definitely seem related. Ancient tragedy. And the Greeks and the Romans, they would wear these boots for tragic dramas. So they must have named this uh, style after these boots. Were they stilted because of the boots? Why did they wear these boots? What was the purpose of them? They were high, thick-soled, laced boots. Hmm, fascinating. Harumph. Next word is cotidal. C-O-T-I-D-A-L. Cotidal. Adjective from 1833. Indicating equality in the tides or a coincidence in the time of high or low tide. Equality in the tides... So uh, I guess it's the uh, the middle ground between high tide and low tide when it's all equal. Is that what it's saying? Co-tidal. Harumphy dumpf. Did I say that? I think I said that already. Next word is cotillion. You can spell it C-O-T-I-L-L-I-O-N 
or you can uh, take out that last I. So cotillion, there's uh, so many ways, cotillion, cotillion. This is a noun from 1728. One, a ballroom dance for couples that resembles the quadrille. Q-U-A-D-R-I-L-L-E. I don't know either of these dances. Hmm. Maybe I'll uh, find a video and post it. Uh, post the link in the show notes. Two, an elaborate dance with frequent changing of partners carried out under the leadership of one couple at formal balls. And then number three is just a formal ball. That's the only one I know of. Uh, in high school, some high schools have a cotillion dance, and then the people go and they dance. They probably uh, they probably used to dance these uh, the cotillion dance, but now it's just it's just dance whatever they want to dance. Uh, this is French. It literally means petticoat uh, from Old French coat, which means coat. So maybe you had to wear a petticoat to do this dance. Harumph. Next word is cotinine or cotinine. C-O-T-I-N-I-N-E. Noun from 1893. An alkaloid, C10H12N2O, that is the principal metabolite, metabolite of nicotine. And oh, interesting. This says it's probably an anagram of nicotine. So it sure does look like it is an anagram of nicotine. Why did they do that? I feel like these uh, scientific words are usually, um, the, the word is, is made up of things that, that have a, a meaning, a purpose. You know, the, the, the suffix does, the prefix does, maybe the part in the middle. But, uh, but they were like, no, we're, we're just going to rearrange the letters of nicotine and make cotinine. That is interesting. Harumph? Next word is cotoniaster. Cotoniaster. You could also pronounce it, uh, let's see, cottonister. I think that's the other way, cottonister. It is spelled C-O-T-O-N-E-A-S-T-E-R. Cotoniaster. That's how I'm going to say it. Noun from 1796, any of a genus of old world flowering shrubs of the rose family. And the genus name is Cotoniaster. Uh, let's see, the, it's from uh, Latin cotonium, cotonium, which means quince. I think, is that a fruit? Quince. I think it is. And then they added the new Latin aster at the end. Next word, harumph. It is cot queen. Cot queen. C-O-T-Q-U-E-A-N. Noun from 1547. One is archaic. Two is also archaic. So number one is a coarse masculine woman. Wow. Definitely have not heard this, and this seems like it would be rather um, insensitive, to put it lightly, if you use this. 
not only is it a masculine woman, it is a coarse masculine woman. And then two is also archaic, a man who busies himself with women's work or affairs. Uh, okay, this is this is highly genderized, highly. Uh, I mean, obviously it's archaic, so that that's the old school way of looking at this. But women's work or affairs? Are they talking about uh, dealing with the kids and doing the laundry and making food? Are is that what they're talking about? A man who does those things used to be called a cot queen. Um, wow. And, and what's interesting is that number one and number two are are kind of opposite. A coarse masculine woman and a man who busies himself with women's work or affairs. Wow. I, I feel like I need to learn more about this. Um, so yeah, it's from cot, which I assume is the, yes, I think it's the, uh, the small house definition. And then queen, but it's not queen like a king and queen, a queen with two E's. It is queen with an E-A-N. And I, I am not familiar with that word. So uh, hmm, that'll be interesting to see what that is when we get to the cues. Uh, okay, next word. Harumph. It is Cotswold. 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 Capital C-O-T-S-W-O-L-D. Noun from circa 1658. Any of an English breed of large, long-wooled sheep. And this is from Cotswold Hills, England. Although I'm sure they say it's something like Cotswold. Something much, much better than me. Harumph. Next word is kata. C-O-T-T-A. Kata. Noun from 1848. It's just a waist length surplus or surplice. I think it's probably surplus. What is a surplus? Uh, we have a surplus of surpluses. Uh, this is a Middle Latin of Germanic origin akin to the Old High German kosa or kotza, which is coarse mantle. Coarse mantle. And there's more at the word coat. C-O-A-T. So yeah, it must be some sort of coat. A kata. Next word, harumph. Harumph. It is cottage. Noun from the 14th century. One, the dwelling of a farm laborer or small farmer. Two, a usually small, small frame one family house. Three, a small detached dwelling unit at an institution. Four, a usually small house for vacation use. Maybe one day I will have myself a little cottage. Cottagey, that is an adjective. Uh, and uh, you may have guessed, as I did, that this is from the Middle English cot, C-O-T. And it's just a small house. So how did it become... How did it become a cottage? Why did they add the A-G-E? Uh, and why? How and why? And when? And who? And where? Harumph! Next word is cottage cheese. Two words. Noun from 1848. Am I finally going to get to learn why it is called cottage cheese? 
Probably not. It is a bland, soft white cheese made from the curds of skim milk. Called also Dutch cheese, pot cheese, and smear case. <laughs> I don't mean to be like disrespectful of any cultures who would call it smear case, but to me that is a silly, silly word. And now I would really like it if all of the cottage cheese tubs at the store just said smear case. Nobody would buy it. Nobody would buy it. When you think about this cottage cheese and all other things, regular cheese and yogurts and all that stuff, if you think about where it, where it came from and how and why and what it really is, especially this one, the curds of skim milk, it does not sound appetizing. It's good. It's tasty. But, uh, but, uh, yeah, although it is bland, you got to put it on something or mix it in with something. I haven't had cottage cheese in who knows how long. Somebody told me it's good if you put, uh, cottage cheese on ruffles or, uh, you know, those kinds of potato chips. It was, it was very tasty. Uh, yeah, that's cottage cheese. And our last word, harumph, harumph, harumph. I don't know why my sound is harumph. The last word is cottage curtains. Oh, and they didn't explain why it's called cottage cheese. Maybe it's just made in a cottage. Cottage curtains is next. Noun from 1943. It is a double set of upper and lower straight hanging window curtains that you are required to put up in your cottage. Okay, so the words in this episode were cotangent, coat, coat, coterie, coterminous, cothernus. Those are the boots. Cotidal, cotillion, cotinine, cotoniaster, cot queen, cotswold, cotta, cottage, cottage cheese, and cottage curtains. Okay, so there were some interesting ones in here. Um, hmm, what, 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 uh, how, how do we want to go with this one? Let's see. I think I may just pick, just because it was not disrespectful and it was interesting, something I'd never heard of before. Uh, I think I'm going to pick Cothurnus, C-O-T-H-U-R-N-U-S. That is going to be the word of the episode. Uh, those are the boots. The boots that the Greeks and the Romans would wear in their tragic dramas and also just the style of ancient tragedy. Hmm. If I knew, I think they had song. There was always like the Greek chorus or something. Cothernus, Cothernus, tie your boots. It's a Cothernus. <laughs> All right. You know, I, I feel weird ending it there because... I'm so used to doing these holidays, but I don't got nothing. I got to think of something. What are we going to do? I can I can talk I can talk about my life. What's going on in my life? We're almost done with Station 11. We're going to watch the last two episodes tonight, I think. It's good. Uh I'm curious to see how it ends. I also really want to I would like to read the book. I would also like to read the graphic novel that is in the show, but I don't think it's real. I don't know. Uh, what else? Uh, I think we're gonna soon, hopefully soon, we got, we got a bunch of movies we gotta watch. We gotta watch West Side Story, the original and the new one. 
We still got to watch Dune. We got to watch the new Matrix movie. There's so much stuff. The After Party comes out tomorrow. That's an adult comedy murder mystery show that I really want to watch. There's so much. But yeah, the station, uh, Station Eleven is the thing that we've been focusing on recently. So that's what's on my brain. All right, that is the end of the episode. Thank you very much for listening. And until next time, this is Spencer dispensing information. Bye.